Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. Before we get started, let me ask you for a small favor. If you haven't already, would you hop on to your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating and review? These really help us get better and help other people find the podcast too. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here today with Nathan Howard and our special guest, Brian Mills. Brian's a good friend of mine. I'm so excited about this episode that you're about to hear. Brian is the senior pastor of Trinity Baptist Church in Yukon, Oklahoma, just outside of Oklahoma City. He's the author of Checkpoints, Virtuosity, and A Different College Experience, which is going to be the primary focus of our conversation today. You're going to enjoy hearing from Brian, so let's jump into that conversation. Well, Brian, it's good to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, man. Honored, as always, to be a part of this and be a part of all that's happening through you guys at Lifeway. Man, let's. Uh, I guess the, the best place to start here at the beginning is just to go ahead and give everybody, here's how they can connect with you via social stuff. If they want to follow up with something they hear today or want to learn more about you and the ministry that you're leading there, uh, in Oklahoma City. So let's. why don't you go ahead and give the social stuff and then we'll be rolling. Yeah, man. I'm Brian Mills 247 on everything social. And so Brian with an I and the number's 247, kind of like Brian Mills all day long, maybe. Um, <laughs> you are. That's a true statement, though. <laughs> I am. That's 100% true. <laughs> so that, it's easy to find me on social media. Cool. Well, uh, as always, man, we appreciate you giving time to this. And uh, if you want to reach out to Brian and maybe follow up with something from this or, again, find out more about what's going on there in Oklahoma City at the church that he is pastoring, then uh, you can find him on those social media. So we are here uh, to have an awesome conversation about what I think is one of the most significant moments in church life. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that is because it impacts both teenagers and and parents across the board. Uh, it's kind of that page turning or chapter ending and new chapter beginning kinds of transition, and that's graduation. Uh, full disclosure, Brian and I have written a book together called A Different College Experience yes. on this moment. That's so we want to talk about that a little bit. But uh, Brian, I want you, having served in a lot of years in student ministry, now pastoring a church, um, what is significant about the graduation season to you from your seat in leading a church? Yeah, I think it's a few things. One, I think it's this release. So you've mentored these kids, some of them since they were preschoolers. And now you arrive at this senior year and you walk them through their senior year and you're almost, uh, I would say here at our church, we're ascending church. So we want to send them out as kingdom influencers into the collegiate world so they can make an impact for the kingdom of God. And so we recognize it as a sending opportunity. Uh, it's not just about having a graduation ceremony, right? It's almost a commissioning service mm -hmm. of us ushering teenagers into the next stage of life and this next chapter of life that they get to walk into. Uh, so I see it as that as a church. Uh, I also feel the weight and responsibility of the discipleship end of the church, that we launch them well, but we don't launch them and leave them. And I know we'll probably get into this a little bit, but we launch them and help them throughout the next several years of their life and kind of walk with them through that process. Uh, yeah. So I see the obligation of that as well 
in this season. And then, man, what an opportunity it is for a teenager and to take that next step, this bold step. They've been working through ACTs. They've been, you know, pounding the payment, being sure their grades are good. They've been applying for scholarships. The parents are scared to death because now the ones that still got a little bit to pay, they, they're trying to figure out, you know, did they save enough? What kind of debt am I going to have post this? And it's all that world compiled together that makes it such a beautiful season, stressful season, weightful season, but really a joyful season to watch teenagers walk into the next stage of their life. Yeah, man, you're right. You touched on the financial piece of it and the like the discipleship planning piece of it and just the relational like parents. I'm, you know, you're getting ready to fly out of the nest, kind of like all of those wrapped up into that condensed time period. But you mentioned something that uh, I want to follow up on, um, and that's the what to do and how to walk with them through their college years. That it's not just a, all right, see you later. When you, when you, when you get done with these years, then come on back to the church. Uh, talk about, talk about that specifically, like, uh, how churches can still reach out, still connect with students that grew up in their church that may be off to school somewhere, um, or even in their hometown, they may move into an apartment and kind of tend to drop off a little bit. How can the church do what you described in, man, we still want to walk with them over the next three years. We're not just going to forget about them. Yeah, it's a great question, Ben. And you covered a lot in, in your last book you did. Matter of fact, the same day we released a different college experience, you released a pretty amazing book that I would encourage all parents and stuff to read of data that backs up really everything we're talking about. When you say how many students now fall off because of the college experience. I mean, y- y'all got some pretty amazing data that I would encourage parents to grab a hold of. But when we think of that process and how do we stick with them, we as the church through our student ministries, I believe my, my student pastor and I were just having this conversation the other day. How does youth ministry go into the collegiate experience so that once they graduate, what are we doing that following freshman year, the year that they're going to build the habits? College students build habits within the first four weeks of their college experience. So what they decide the first four weeks is probably how they're going to live throughout their college experience. So we got to grab them in the first four weeks. Well, what's their home church going to do with that? So a few practical things that we're processing, uh, Ben, and I, I know you and I have had many conversations with this, even as we develop that book. One big piece we're processing is how, as a, a small group leader, their senior year, can that small group leader stay their con- connecting point throughout mm. their freshman year of college so that once a month, that small group leader who should have a relationship with them has been discipling them walk with them through their senior year. So probably walk with them through some stuff, maybe mm-hmm. trauma, maybe personal stuff, maybe some weighted decisions that they made they shouldn't have made, and they've helped them through that. How can that small group leader check in with them via text message, DMs, whatever it might be, throughout their freshman year to be sure they're connected in the local church? And how can we, as their home church, be sure we've connected them with a local church with where they're going to school. And we got to understand they're not going to love the church they go to when they go to college at first, especially if they grew up in your church. I don't care if you've got the most progressive church or the most traditional church. They can go from the most traditional church to the most progressive church, and they will say, it's not my home church. I don't like it. 
Mm -hmm. They say that because they don't have the relationships and the connecting points that they had in their local church. That's a reason they don't like it. It has nothing to do with methodology or spirituality or anything. They don't have the connecting points in the community. So if that's true, if that statement I just made is true, how do we be sure and elevate that community before they go? How do we connect them to a college pastor? How do we connect them to a small group as they're making college visits, as they're going with their parents over there? We connected them with pastors and who are helping connect them on the college campus with small groups. And I know that sounds super complicated and it sounds like a lot of work. I, I just don't think it is as much. And that's yeah. where I think we can begin to disciple them at a whole nother level with just a just a little bit of intentionality. Man, I love that. Let's talk about similarly to that instead of the three years after though, like let's do that last six months or five months in student ministry. All right. So Christmas break has happened. Your seniors come back after the new year and it's like a switch is flipped in their heads where they're like, so senior, yeah, I don't want to do high school anymore (laughs) and I don't want to do anything that has to do with high school anymore. So I'm just going to stop coming to student ministry stuff. That is a certainly it doesn't happen with every kid ever, but it 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 is an issue that student ministries deal with year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is something that uh, that you've led through, uh, walked through. What are some things that uh, student ministries can do? So whether I'm a student pastor listening to this or a small group leader listening to this volunteer. How can a church maximize the last five months of a 12th graders time in student ministry to really launch them well, instead of have them going ahead and declining that last five months and that decline just stays on because you mentioned it, you develop those habits. And so if your habit coming out of high school and into college is already on the downturn, then you're, you're not set up for success there. So what can a church do to make sure that that is on the incline as they leave, that we're launching them well in that last five months? You know, I think a few things. Number one, as even as you're talking, Ben, it's, it's processing in my head. Uh, I, I think this, number one, I need to recognize it. I need to recognize what you're saying is true. And mm-hmm. I can't change something I don't recognize that is there. And if I recognize it's there, then I can accept it. So once I recognize it, I need to accept, okay, if I keep doing what I'm doing, there's going to be a downtick and they're going to drift away. So I need to change the way I do student ministry for my seniors versus how I do for my juniors. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you remod- remodel the whole youth ministry or change the methodology to the whole thing, but my practices for my seniors need to begin to adjust to engage them. And I think a few practices, if, if I look at it, I recognize it, I accept, okay, I, I got to do something or they're going to drift away. I think of a few things. One, uh, let's take the post-spring break. Like you said, senioritis is in, it's set. It's a disease that overcomes them <laughs> post-spring break. And we're not changing that disease. We can't quarantine ourselves no. out of that one. All right. There's <laughs> not possible, man. And so that's going to happen to seniors. So what do we do about it? Well, let's begin to adjust, adapt, and pivot ourselves to the point of of reaching them. Maybe it's take a curriculum that is so collegiate-based and begins to help prepare them for where they're going instead of just preparing them on how to end. Let's prepare them on how they're going 
what they're going to do when they get there. And if mm-hmm. you're giving me tools for a toolbox, there's going to be a group of, of seniors that would be like, I, I got to go learn this because I'm about to go there. They feel that weight in the midst yeah. of senioritis. And I know you and I have this conversation. Ben and I are actually in the process of writing a whole curriculum base based on our book, A Different College Experience. And quite honestly, I don't mind doing the self-promotion because uh, Ben Trueblood's on it. He's the brilliant <laughs> one behind this whole thing. So he can't say it because he's a smart one, but the dumb one can always self-promote. And uh, so I'll take that road between the two of us. But in all seriousness, I mean, that's why we're creating this curriculum because we we recognized it. We're, we're trying to help student ministries adjust so that they can connect these students. And that, that curriculum will come out in the near future, but it's all based around how to live this different college experience. If we can begin to do that in student ministries and we begin to equip students, but then take the equipping to the next level, okay, where are each one of you going to college? When are you doing a college visit? How can we connect you there? And we begin to do that through our Sunday morning small groups, our Sunday school, our home groups, whatever, whatever you call your home group structure, whether it's a Sunday school, small group, home group, life group, team group, whatever it might be, through that model, how can we utilize that moment, that hour we have with those seniors to pour into them, to prepare them in such of a way that they say, I got to be a part of that. Yeah. And it's all just doing relevant content that's more collegiate content than it is high school content because their minds already want to be in college. Man, that's so true. Uh, and what you meant, what you talked about too there involves care. Right? Yeah. Like, so that yeah. is like you've talked about the care of that small group leader continuing to reach out after mm-hmm. they've gone away. Yep. And those last five months. And it, it just, it makes the realization alive in my brain again, that your 12th grade small group leaders, like the group of volunteers that you bring on board and say, you're going to lead the 12th grade. Like they have to be ready for this transition too. Like they've got to be like all in, they've got to be the, your seal team of volunteer leaders, because what you and I both know is when there's five months left and senioritis starts kicking in, if those 12th graders know that those leaders love them and those leaders are continuing to reach out and do special things for them, like you mentioned with either with what we're going to study or stuff outside the church walls, then you're going to see less of them fall away. You're going to see more of them continue to stay engaged because there's a group of people there that are saying, hey, I care about you and want you here. Yeah, that's so true. We stay engaged in the community that breathes the most life into us. Yeah. We typically don't run from that community. We run to that community. Mm. And so if we're not just lost in a curriculum based or we're not just lost in the religious act of doing groups, but we're actually allowing our groups to uh, produce healthy disciples and disciple them in that. I, I really think that strong community would would draw students in. It also makes me think, I love what you just said. And I think you could unpack this on a whole podcast. Um, But when you think through your leaders and you said you need the SEAL team of leaders in as your senior small group leaders, that's brilliant to me. I mean, you need the army Rangers leading Mm -hmm. your seniors. 
And, you know, what a great question is how do, how do you pick those? How do you draw yeah. those in? And that's a brilliant thought process in, in my personal opinion. Well, you know, we've, uh, knowing, you know, where you've served in the past, there was a time that you were at cross church and I don't remember if this was going on when you were there, uh, or not, or maybe you, you started it, but there was a season where, uh, the same adult leaders did 12th grade every year. Uh, I think it was Kurt Coulter and like some of, of that crew. Uh, for some reason, his name is the only one that, that comes to my mind. I think Donnie maybe have been, would have been part of that, Yeah. but they just recycled every year and like, we're going to just do really well with this group. And I always thought that that was really, really smart of whoever implemented that, that that's like, Hey, we're passionate about this age group and this is what we're, what we're going to do. And we're going to hit a home run with it every year. Yeah. So true. I don't it's really a brilliant move. I, I agree with you. What, whether it's you stick with that same group or whether you pull some of the other studs that have been leading and these men and women who are champions for the Lord, living for the Lord, doing it right and are great connecting points for students and letting them go thrive that senior year. I think it's brilliant. I did not create it at Cross Church. You know, I was just basically a toilet cleaner there and <laughs> did my best at it back in the day. So uh, uh, we've both we've both cleaned toilets there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, man, what about so now, pastor in a church? Uh, directly, you have a lot. You have a lot more direct relationships with the parents of those students now yeah. Yeah. in your role now. Yeah. Then you do direct connect with the 12th graders themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if that has, uh, you've been through one and coming up on another graduation season there. And I wonder if those conversations have been different for you being again, because you're the senior pastor. Now you're directly connected to more adults than you are directly connected That's to right. teenagers. Even yes. though I know that you're one of those pastors that shows up at all the stuff <laughs> and you're cheering them on at disciple now and all like, I know that, but the other side. Yeah. It's been really fascinating to talk to the adults because the adults are uh, what they do is they want to lean into my past experience as a youth pastor and a college mm. pastor. They don't necessarily want to talk to me as senior pastor, which is fascinating that the Lord has allowed me to have the opportunity of each one of those. And so they want to talk to me, what what do I need to expect? How do I need to get my kid ready? I get asked all the time, do you know churches there? Can you help connect my kid with the local church? Can you help connect my kid uh, in that environment? Uh, I hear the phrase often. Uh, I'm super excited, but I'm really scared for my kid. Uh, are they going to dive off? Are they going to stay in? Those are the conversations uh, I feel the weight of the parental side and coaching the parents through that, helping them uh, get to the point to really release their kid and trust their kid uh, really is determination of how their kid is done through high school, uh, which almost takes us back to the importance of developing the kid in preschool and the importance of the whole next generation model so that when you get in high school, uh, you're not so commit. You're not. You're not at the point to say, "Well, my kid's messed up through this season." Now, pastor, will you help me? That mm-hmm. conversation is different with a new person just entered into church than it is for the person who's been all the way through and raised their kid in church. 
which I think goes to the model. You know, parents, get be sure you're actively involved in your church. Don't make it just a priority in your life. Make it the priority in your life. Yeah. And and be sure you're in it week out, week in and week out, because one day the ball team's going to end. And yeah. characters is what you got to stand on. And you want it to be the character of the Word of God. And you want them to know the Word. One day this is going to end, that's going to end. But the foundation of the gospel is the most important. And so that's where I really lean with the younger parents. Hey, the foundation's so important because what is coming, they need something to stand on and the world's going to attack them. Yeah. Man, so you, uh, you, you've you had the blessing to hit this from so many different sides because yeah. a student pastor, college pastor, now senior pastor. And, man, it's not going to be too long before you walk through this as a dad. Yeah, man, uh, my daughter just took the ACT. We're getting co- scholar. Well, we're getting uh, uh, applications right now. I, I mean, I'm in the thick of it. That's how I knew about the financial piece and all that because I... <laughs> Like, how are we going to do this? Oh boy, here we go. Man, is there anything that uh, has come up in your mind uh, just now looking at, okay, in these next couple years, we're going to be right in the middle of that transition as parents. Uh, Is there anything that has stood out to you about the beginning of that journey from the parental side of things for you? Yeah, I think from the parental side for me, the biggest thing that stood out in the journey is the character I've developed and and challenged and taught my kids. Is their foundation strong? And I I know it sounds so like give us more, uh, but as I'm as I'm thinking, uh, my daughter is about to go to college. My son's not farther after her. Is their foundation that I've discipled them through as their parent? Is it strong enough? for them to stand without uh, Jennifer and I standing over them, being sure they do right, giving them an opportunity to be grounded. Did I build a foundation of spiritually? Did I build a foundation of character? Did I build a foundation of work ethic? Did I build a foundation of doing your homework? I mean, I feel the weight of all that so that when they go stand on their own, can they stand on their own? And have I given them opportunities? Uh, Jennifer and I were talking about this the other day. Have I given them opportunities to fail while they're under our roof. Because let's be honest, we are all going to fail. Every one of us throughout a year, I mean, I'm going to fail at things in my life. The question is, are we going to follow John Maxwell's principle of failing forward? And you don't learn to fail forward if you don't if you don't fail and somebody gives you permission to go forward through your failure. And so teaching my kids when they mess up that you can fail forward. And, okay, you messed up. Accept it. Deal with it. Just go ahead and confess it. You messed up on this one. Let everybody know. And then let's not do it again. And let's move forward. And I'm not just talking about on like sin and things like that. I'm just talking about in life or with your budget or with your homework or with your grades, whatever it might be. So I felt that weight too. Are they ready to, do they know how to fail forward? Can they learn to fail? And that that weight that so falls on a collegiate uh, kid of, man, did I just mess up my grades and mess up my whole college year? My parents are going to kill me. What happens when that happens? Because it's going to happen to all of them, whether that weight is a B or whether that weighs an F. Either way, each college kid has a different weight. How are they going to handle that weight in life? And can they sustain it? Are they they mentally healthy enough to sustain that? And have I invested that into them? 
Yeah. So I know that's a lot of psychological stuff, quite honestly, and probably a lot of like therapeutic kind of conversations. But and it all builds around to me. Did I did I keep them in church and are is their foundation Jesus? Yeah. And, um, not not push church on them, not make them go to church, but have they have they found that? And part of that journey, I've asked a question about. I'm just talking about me personally. You got me talking personal now. Yeah. But personally, for me, have I let them find their niche in the church, or have I forced them into certain areas of the church? So have they found their niche how to serve? Have they found their niche where they're gifted? Have I have I allowed my kids to find how they're gifted? So when they get into college, they know, oh, I can go to that church. I can serve right there. I know I'm good at it. I've been yeah. doing it for years. It's something I love. I can do that so I can plug in. Well, if a kid doesn't know how he can plug into church and I just made him go to church instead of be a part of the church, then that kid's not going to go to college or that kid's not going to go to church when he's in college. It, he, he might swing through, but he's just going to be a casual attender because he don't know, he doesn't know how his gifted mix giftedness can be used in a collegiate experience in a church there. So I want to be sure my kids know that I want to, I want yeah. them to know how they can serve in a local church and be a part of it. So that once they go, man, you know, my daughter started driving this week and anybody who's had a 16 year old <laughs> kid, knows it's scary when they pull out of the driveway and 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 right now she's driving i'm terrified while i'm on this podcast my daughter's out you know it's like she's just <laughs> driving around yeah like she's like gosh it's scary <laughs> but i can't imagine them going to college and i can't imagine them going to college without a foundation yeah and to me the foundation is the bible and the word of god but there's a lot of principles on top of that character and all those mm-hmm. things you just talked about. So I don't know if that's where you wanted me to go on that, but that's where my heart goes when I think about that. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I think the character built on the foundation of God's word that, hey, this, my kid's going to be able to stand on their own two feet and have learned how to stand on their own two feet before that day ever comes. Yep. Uh, I love what you were saying too about making sure that they find their giftedness and their place of service. There's a huge difference between being involved in a church and going to church. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and man, it is, it is often the going to church that when it's up to them to make their own decision on the first Sunday, sitting in the dorm room or in the apartment that they're like, you know, I think I'm going to sit this one out and before they know it, that habit. But like you said, if they know and have developed a love and a passion to be connected to the body of Christ by serving, like I have a role here to play, Mm -hmm. then they can put that, they can play that role in any church, regardless of traditional or whatever, like it, go find your place. And that's where you can, that's where you can thrive. I think that's such, such wisdom that you mentioned, even in the construction of the student ministry. So like we -hmm. backed up to the five months, but if we back up even further and say, okay, as a sixth grader, what are we going to do to prepare you for that moment? Mm -hmm. Man, finding a place to be engaged rather than just attend has to be one of those things. Yeah, I agree because we, and I'm for this, by the way, we built a lot of youth ministry around a lot of events and a lot of programs, which by the way, I'm, 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 
you follow us, we do a ton of them. Okay. So I'm 100% behind it. Just share the gospel at every one of them. And so I'm way for that. But sometimes we get more lost in the events than we do in the mission. Mm. And the mission of the gospel, the mission of how am I going to serve in the local church? And are we creating avenues for kids to go on mission and serve? But are we also creating avenues for them to serve every Sunday? Or is it about, I got to have them in Sunday school and I got to have them in adult worship? Yeah. Or are they finding a place to get connected? They, they need all three elements. Uh to really build that solid foundation to stand on. Yep. Yeah, man. And then like my mind just keeps going down this path because the reality of that is if we're going to do that with teenagers, then we need to do it with their parents too. And help them find, because if I'm a teenager or if my son who's 14 years old, he is more likely to catch that from me than for me to just say, you need to be serving. But if he sees me serving and that I have a passion for it, that builds it in. So man, it once again connects all of those age groups in the church together to do that thing. Man, I I have one more question for you. Ask. Uh, will the Arkansas Razorbacks win this year's college baseball world series? Oh, come on. I thought you were going to go basketball for a moment. Um, well, we will know by the time this episode comes out, I believe we will know the result of the men's basketball. I have them going, big. I have them going to the final four in my bracket. So we'll see. We'll see how, how accurate that is. I've got them in the final four and debating whether or not to put them in the championship against Gonzaga. Just, yeah, we'll see if this was accurate when it comes out, when it comes to baseball. Yes. We're going to be in Omaha. We're, we're going to the world series this year in my personal opinion. And I think we stand a chance. I mean, we got to get by Vandy and some big teams, right? Yeah. I think we could even stand a chance to see like an OSU Arkansas at Omaha, which I think would be really cool as an, being a pastor in Oklahoma. Yeah. If You'll it be- is, I'll be there. I promise. Yeah. Well, it's probably not too far of a drive from where you're at now. Yeah. Well, man, it has been a joy uh, to connect with you on this and pick your brain about this. I know this is uh, close to your heart, this area of life and leading your church. And I know that it is a significant thing that student ministries deal with every single year. So I appreciate you giving your time to it today. Yeah, grateful for the opportunity as always, Ben. Thanks. Remember to connect with Brian at BrianMills247 on all of the social stuff and Check out A Different College Experience, written by Brian and myself. You can get that at any place where you buy books. All right, so go take a look at that. And uh, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time.